Tuesday. Welcome to the Colby Daniels Podcast presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, including Kratom, CBD, or Delta 8. If you're looking for something to help with pain, anxiety, or just an opioid alternative, check out Artisan Botanicals and feel free to give them a call. They have a staff dedicated to helping you live a better life. 405-458-9699. And we're saving you 15% when you order online. Abotanicalcompany.com. Discount code Colby Show for 15% off your online order. Once again, abotanicalcompany.com, Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. All right, Eric G is going to join me shortly, my weekly Tuesday guest. Uh, Eric going on vacation next week. So uh, this will be the last Tuesday for a couple weeks that Eric is with me. But uh, that's coming up. Also, for those of you that listen every day or Maybe you listen most days. I, I just wanted to get your feedback. Um, I'm I'm kind of playing with the length on these uh, these podcast episodes. Um, so I wanted to ask you, like, what is your ideal uh, length? Uh, 45 minutes, an hour. Do you like the hour and a half or two hour episodes? Um, especially with it coming out daily, I just wanted to get some reaction. Uh, if if like over an hour is too long to consume it on a daily basis and you would like something shorter uh, or if you like the long episodes, let me know what you think because I'm kind of curious. I was having a conversation about this over the weekend uh, and I, I just wanted to get some feedback. So let me know what you think. But here is my weekly Tuesday guest from the Tulsa Sports Animal, Eric G. Happy Tuesday, Eric G from the Tulsa Sports Animal, my guest every week. Eric, the last time we're going to speak for two weeks because you have a big vacation planned. Um, before you tell everybody where you're going this time around, uh, you were just sharing, before we started uh, this podcast, you were just sharing your trip to Hawaii. I've also been to Hawaii, so I'm really interested to hear um, how that how that trip went. Okay, real quick, were you on the Big Island? We were on Oahu. Where, where did you guys go? Oahu as well, yeah. Stayed on uh, Waikiki uh, Beach. You, yeah, that's, that's where we were. Um, I, we were lucky enough, my father, who has retired, I call it retired, he's retirement rich is probably the best way to put it. He was able to get us a room because he's military at the Halekoa, which is, a hotel specifically for people who are current military or former military or family of military. So he was able to get us a couple of rooms at the Holly We stayed there. Um, and it was the first time, I mean, other than, you know, Hawaii being the most beautiful place in the United States of America and the most beautiful place I've ever been to on earth, because everything is so green. You've got the mountains. Um, it's really the perfect place to vacation. Because you're so remote. You're out on an island. You're five hours behind Central Standard Time. You, If you want to stay caught up with everything going on in the world, you've really got to work at it. You've got to get up early. You've got to constantly stay on your phone, constantly stay on television. And it was the first time in my entire career that I decided to hell with it. Like, I just don't care. I don't care enough about what's going on in sports. I don't care enough about what's going on in Washington. My whole vacation consisted of, and this was great. I mean, we, we must have saved a ton of money on this vacation, not only because we didn't pay for it or the majority of it, but we barely ate out. I mean, pretty much all the meals were included. We just went to the beach. We sat on our balcony. I think we went out to eat a couple of times at, one, 
uh, a cafe that was across the street where they film a lot of scenes in Hawaii Five O, which was kind of cool. And then one to uh, Duke's Seafood Restaurant, which was really good. But other than that, I mean, it was the most relaxing vacation I've ever had because I was completely cut off from everything other than snide comments listeners were making about not wanting me to come back uh, <laughs> on Twitter. There, there were there, and there were a couple of times my former co-host Anthony Fogel. God bless you. And look, Anthony and I are about we're the closest of friends. I mean, he, I would I would go so far as to say, aside from my wife, he is my best friend in the world. Uh, but Anthony would like call me, and we're again we're talking about five hour difference, complaining about something the Thunder had done, and I'm like, dude, come on, man, I'm on vacation. I, I don't. I don't care if Sam Presti traded Russell Westbrook for a ball bag today. You could right. not bring me right. down enough. It's like I just, I just don't want to hear it. I, I can find all that out when I get back to Oklahoma, and, and that's all I wanted to do was just relax and enjoy the sand and the beach. And that's all I'm going to do this time. I mean, I'm taking the computer. I'm not taking the iPad. I'll have the phone because. Well, you've got to have that, but I think, which, and my goal is no Twitter, no Facebook, watch the NBA playoffs on television and only answer emergency calls and text and just sit on the beach, drink beer and sit on the balcony. And as old man as this sounds, just freaking read. Like I'm looking right now at the book. I could possibly take him. I actually steal one for my son. He's got the Stephen Adams biography. Um, he's got the Andre Iguodala six man uh, that I there may read, go. but I may take like Bronx, Bronx Zoo or something. And that's all I'm going to do. Nice. I am nice. nice. Like I have no goals. Like I have no goals. There's that's no the way to do I it. I want to go. That's the way to do it. People don't know how to vacation. And here you're, you're unfortunately, you are unfortunately, your son is at the age where Disney World and Disneyland are the end-all, be-all. And one, those vacations cost buku bucks. And it seems like the only way you can afford one is to be Roy Young, work for ESPN, and be lucky <laughs> enough that they'll comp you when you go, when you go right. to Disney. Him and I have had several conversations about that. Um, so, like... And even so, like, even if you were able to afford that, it still worked because to go to an amusement park, especially that one. Now, Six Flags on a Tuesday, not that bad. You can pretty much get on the ride, especially if you go early enough. You're not going to have to wait in line. It's hot. And just, just a quick public service announcement. If you're over the age of 40, don't be trying to ride the roller coasters because you will throw up. You will, it just, it kills your equilibrium. Uh, you can't do it anymore. You're not 18. Let your kids do it. But think about this. You go to Disneyland, you got to wait in line. Yeah. Then there's, wait. all you're doing is waiting in line. You're waiting in line for the rides. You're waiting in line for the restaurant. You're probably going into a shop to get a little bit of air conditioning, get out of the humidity in Florida. If you're in California, the weather's not, the weather's not too terrible. But you're in those shops and they're completely crowded. And you've got to wait in line to pay for stuff that's overly expensive. That's not a vacation. I mean, that's taxing and stressful 
And while your kids may be having the time of your life because they're getting to see Mickey Mouse and Goofy and the princesses and the princes and everything else, you're stressed to the max. Because if you're any sane adult, it starts to add up in your head how much you're spending and whether or not you are putting yourself in debt to go on this vacation. Well, and you're not even relaxing, right? Like you're putting yourself in a more stressful environment than your normal environment. Yeah. Give me the beach all day long. So, I'm with you. But yeah, I, I would much rather yeah. relax uh, on my on my vacation. So, I'm just saying, in the church, we don't know how to do anything right. We do not know how. We just flat out do not know how to relax in this country. And I don't know. What, well, I've got my ideas on why that is. I, I think just work is such a high stress environment in America. I mean, we are so driven in this country either by money or by status or what what have you, that we honestly, we wind ourselves up so much that if we don't, if we don't take more of a dude philosophy, like I think everyone should have to watch The Big Lebowski once a year. And I think everyone should take more and more of the dude's attitude as we go on. <laughs> which is just let which is just let things go. But we don't know how to do that. We we wind ourselves up so freaking tight, man. Yeah. Man, we just wind ourselves up so tight and all we need to worry about is whether or not to get our rug back because it ties the room together. Right. And whether or not Walter's Walter's gonna be off his rocker and and are we gonna be able to win the bowling tournament. That's all that's all we need to know. Nice, nice. Uh all right, a couple questions about your Hawaii trip real quick. Where where did you fly oh. to? Did you go to Dallas and then directly to Honolulu, or did you go to uh, California and then over? Like, what was your uh, what was your path? San Francisco. There? We went we went to San Francisco, which okay. was an adventure in and of itself. Because as we were landing, at, oh, as, as we were landing, this son of a bitch, that you pilot, um, we're landing, and the pilot. Pilot grabs the CB, I call it the CB, and comes over the loudspeaker and says, Hey, you know, blah, 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 this in San Francisco. And just so you know, we're about 20 minutes early and consider it fake for uh, you giving up Kevin Durant. There you go. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, you would have thought he had said the words, the state of Oklahoma is full of a bunch of dumb rednecks, and then just gave us the double birds. People oh, I can were, only imagine. People were livid. Absolutely livid. Golden State had just won. There's a guy. Um, there was a guy that was a few rows in front of me. He is there with his bride-to-be. They are going to San Francisco to get married. Just remember this. Mar- this is marriage. Supposedly the happiest day of his life. He is fuming. Absolutely pissed. Uh, and as he's walking out, he's moaning and bitching, and a security guard stops him, asks him what his problem is, and he's complaining. The security guard yells at him as he's walking off. It happened a year ago. Get over it. <laughs> oh, so, everybody mean, listening it, it to that! Right, I, everybody listening to this right now is like, "F you, sir. We will never get over this." Yes, and I remember I had warned. Um, I have a Serge. I still have it. It's a Serge Ibaka. Thunder shirt. It's the one that looks like the jersey and has his name on the back. And I was, you know, wearing that, you know, very casually. Yeah. And the lady asked me, well, uh, and there was a lady behind me uh, as I was getting on the plane. She was, uh, 
she was a flight attendant. She asked me, why not Durant? And I, I think I, I, I know I said something really smarmy about like, well, yeah. you know, I, I like guys who have heart or something like, oh, you know, something, yeah. you know, something, something real, you know, I, I like guys who aren't cupcakes or something, you know, smarmy like that. So that, that uh, started it off. And then this, that, this was actually kind of cool. Uh, so we're in the we're in the airport, and Metallica had just played Jerry World, and I knew a guy that had gone to the show, and I was a little bit bummed that I didn't get. But you know, hey, Hawaii or Metallica, I'm gonna pick Hawaii every time. But I see a guy wearing a Metallica shirt, and I think then they had done specific shirts for the show. And I passed him. I noticed this shirt, and we passed again. And I stopped him. I just said, "Hey, how is Metallica?" And then we have like a twenty minute conversation about the band. And my son Alex is with me, and he goes, "Hey, is he a Metallica fan?" And I just kind of go, "Yeah, yeah, I think he is." He goes, "Here," and he gives me this drumstick that Lars Ulrich had given him. Oh, because wow. this guy was so Alex somewhere in his room, who's like way more into Dr. Dre now than he ever will be Metallica, <laughs> has a graphite Lars Ulrich drumstick, and. That that was very cool. It totally made my son Nick jealous because Nick That's loves awesome. Metallica, loves hard rock, but Alex got the drumstick, and um, it was it was very it was very cool. That that was that was a, that was a cool moment. Yeah, this guy we ran into is that guy. He is the guy that goes online when they do the VIP packages for all the meet and greets that are like you know fifteen hundred dollars. He's that guy. He spends yeah. all his money doing that kind of stuff, which is cool. I'm glad somebody's doing it for right. us. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, that right there, I mean, after, you know, getting smart Ellen comments about Kevin Durant and realizing the Thunder are that far away from the championship, that started the vacation off with a bang. And it was just, it was great. The best vacation I ever had. And I really haven't had a good vacation since. So I'm hoping, <laughs> ho- hoping this makes Hoping to correct that. Yeah. For, yes. Yeah. And it's going to be vacation. Don't freaking, you know, and even if my house is on fire, I think I can find that out when I get back. Yeah, I mean, no, it, I mean you can't you know, do anything it, about it, right? Like you're you're stuck yeah. there. You can't yeah. Yeah. Honey, we, we need to drive forty eight hours back to go look at a burnt house. No. No. Just stay here and relax and let the insurance company deal with it. There you go. I love the mentality. So my trip yeah. to Hawaii was yeah. a first of all, we flew from Oklahoma City to Dallas and then Dallas to Honolulu. So first of all, that flight was just god awful. It was so long, uh, and I'll never forget the movie. This was this was pre like pick your own movie on the screen in front of you. This was like they're going to play a movie and you're just stuck with whatever their choice is. Oh no! So it's like a oh no! I, I don't remember exactly how long the flight is, but I think it's like nine hours ish. Um, so we're flying over there. The movie was the Lake House, which is just a really stupid horrible movie with Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. Um, Keanu, I love you. You're great, but that movie sucks ass. Uh, Anyway, John Wick, fantastic. That movie sucks ass. So, um, it it was a terrible movie. It's a long flight. As we get over Honolulu, the guy flying the plane or the co-pilot or whoever gets on the speaker and says that there's been a massive earthquake on the island and the, the whole island is without power. So we, oh Jesus, yeah. So we have to circle the island for I, I I don't even know how long it was. It felt like at least as long as the flight itself was. 
Uh, so we ended up being on this airplane for an ungodly amount of time to the point that like people in the seats were starting to have the conversation. Like, do we have enough fuel to keep circling around this island? I was I was about to ask that. Were they were they eventually going to have to land? Yeah. Because of yeah. Fuel so supply? like all of the passengers, like we're all sitting there, like you know, starting to like be like, hey, you know, we've been up here for a long time, and we've been circling this island for a long time, like. It's starting to get a little bit worrisome, um, you know, if, if we're going to be able to land or what the fuel situation is. So I don't, again, I don't know what the overall time ended up being, but it was an ungodly amount of time on this airplane. Finally land, um, they had to, you know, we, we like get off the plane on the runway. The entire island is without power and it was without power for a full day. So um, like getting a cab uh, to, to the hotel was just a nightmare. Checking into the hotel was a nightmare. Um, so the first day was just trash. Like it was a trash day, um, complete chaos after that. Like the the trip was pretty good. I will say like, I, I, the one thing I regret is that we probably did too many touristy things instead of just relaxing. Like we spent, we were there for like six or seven days, but only like probably two full days were spent like just hanging out on the beach, doing nothing, like just relaxing, getting in the water and all that stuff. So um, it was a great trip, though. It just it had that beginning that was just ungodly terrible. Oh man, that that had to be. So when you're cir- so when you're circling the island, was there any thought? I mean, okay, obviously there's the fuel thought. But is there the thought of maybe we might not get to do this vacation because there could be devastation on the island. Maybe there's something wrong with the hotel and we're just going to have to turn around and come back. Or were you guys at least getting enough information to know if things were good or bad on the island? No information. So, I mean, some people, oh, obviously, geez. their imaginations were uh, running away with. I mean, it was a weird atmosphere, and there was you could you could sense the stress among the passengers on the on the plane for sure. So, yeah, it was a very stressful situation. I I wasn't like overly worried because I was just like whatever. Like you know, I'll just make the best of whatever situation we're in. Uh, but it's I mean, it's not fun to be in that sort of environment for extended periods of time and like even though I wasn't really stressed about like where we were going to stay or anything, like I wasn't having a good time in the moment either. So, uh, that kind of oh, sucked. Geez. Um, I do remember though, like, uh, you mentioned the time difference. So I was there in the fall and I remember watching a Monday night football game at like, I don't know, like we're having lunch and watching a Monday night football game at this bar in Hawaii. And it was coincidentally, it was the, uh, they are who we thought they were, Cardinals Bears Monday night football game. So I watched that like middle of the day, like it's afternoon in Hawaii when that game's being played. And I'm like, this is so strange to be like having lunch and drinking beers in this bar and watching this Monday night game, like in the middle of the afternoon. And then like famously, Dennis Green has his uh his they are who who they thought we were or they are who we thought they were. Uh, line, but uh, yeah, it was. I mean, the rest of the trip was good, but you said Hawaii, and I was like, well, I gotta share this story because it was just complete chaos on day one. Oh man, that is that that is unbelievable. That that is it, it is it is unbelievable. Sometimes how you know we talk about the stress of vacation, 
it doesn't take a whole lot to disrupt one. Because for some reason on vacation, things happen that you can't plan for. People get sick, people get hurt. There's that unintended trip to the hospital. But the way you have to look at it, okay, here, here's, me give, here's me giving advice. <laughs> the way you have to look at it is you're making a memory. So even if your appendix burst on vacation and you have to go to surgery, you know, look back on it as something you can, you, you can laugh about 20 years later. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's, a, that's actually that's a god-awful example. Um, but, but that's almost how you have to look at it yeah. is it's becoming a memory. Like it's going to make a great story someday when I do a podcast is basically. Exactly. Yeah. That's what it is. That, that's how we live our lives. Everything, everything yeah. is just fodder. Every, everything is just merely fodder for, um, <laughs> for whatever we are, uh, whatever we are putting on, whatever we are putting on the air or whatever we're putting on our con our uh, the contest yeah. <laughs> or, or the podcast or whatever it is. My God, I am all over the place today. So see, I'm already mentally on vacation. I love it, man. Well, uh, you will be missed next week, but, uh, I'm glad you're, you're going to be able to get away. Um, all right, let's hit, I want to hit this headline first because this is probably my favorite thing, uh, of the day. And this is, uh, this isn't really even sports, but it kind of is. I'm sure by now everybody watching this or listening to this has seen the Brooks Kepka Bryson DeChambeau video. Like it is spectacular. Um, so, so we're recording this on Tuesday morning, um, it was Monday night, like I think around 8.30 or 9-ish, uh, when I saw this uh, hit my Twitter timeline, and I watched this video and literally laughed out loud. I, I It was so amazing. I end up watching it, Eric, probably tw- I, I, 20 more times. I then have to record the image of Brooks Kepka like eyes rolling into the back of his head and closing his eyes because he's so annoyed with this situation. And I made a gif out of it because it was just outstanding. Um, but if you haven't seen this go, you can find it easily. It's everywhere at this point. But, um, if, if you can't find it at Colby underscore Daniels on Twitter, but Brooks Kepka being this annoyed by Bryson DeChambeau is absolutely priceless. It is what, okay, so everybody's talking about, you know, Kepka l- l- losing his train of thought. And as he says, ah, F, you know, I, I lost my, I, I lost my train of thought. And they reset it. They, you know, they reset the interview. Thank God for him. They were, they were filming at that point. But I got to give a little credit to Bryson DeChambeau for the gamesmanship at that moment to not only walk behind him and get in the scene. Just to remind everybody he's there, he's there, but wearing the metal spikes, you know, the click clack that you can hear reminds me of high school football. Um, the click clack of that, just to do it, just to screw with him. There is some there is something to be admired about that. Um, the, the fact that, that you are constantly, even even after the tournament, you're still trying to get in this guy's head. You are still letting him know that I'm here. You're not going to get rid of me and I'll be at the next tournament and I'll be at the next major. And I am always going to be, I am in your head. And that could be something that golf 
sorely. Actually, it is something called sorely needs because you're not going to get a tiger. Okay, I my father used to tell me golf needs another tiger. Well, yeah, it does, but Tiger Woods aren't born every day. You know that guy, Tiger. For you and I, maybe once in a lifetime. There may be somebody else come along like Tiger, but it may be long after you and I are gone. But if you can have a rivalry that is a true rivalry, not one where in 20 years or after these guys are done playing, they'll be able to sit in the same room and talk to each other and act like Borg and and McEnroe do now, which are, they were rivals, but I would say right now that they're friends and they're guys that understand each other. No, I want this to be Ollie Frazier type discussed with each other. I it's mean, there. that's borderline. It's there. Eight. It's 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 discussed without a doubt. Like the 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 video shows the level of disgust that is there between these two guys. And and you're exactly right. Like I, I think that you know so often there are rivalries because. It's, it's like a sports rivalry, right? Like it's two people yeah. that are at the highest of, of their game and, and they're constantly competing to win a championship. So they become natural sports rivals. But this is an individual rivalry, right? Like these guys genuinely, like I, I don't even know that they have, have they ever battled it out on the golf course for like supremacy? I don't think that's ever happened. So like this no, is just a genuine, like I discussed this guy over here and it has nothing to do with golf. It's just like, I genuinely don't like who he is. And those are the sort of rivalries that, that kind of feel like it takes it to the next level. Well, what, what, it, unfortunately what this rivalry could end up being is grumpy old men. Right. If you've ever seen that movie with Walter Matthau, Jack Lemmon, it was finally Burgess Meredith. Yes. Completely steals the movie. I mean, they just, that's just what Burgess Meredith does. I mean, whether he's Penguin in Batman or he's Mickey and Rocky or he's playing Jack Lemmon's dad, Burgess Meredith is going to steal your movie. So be careful. Uh, well, I guess, you know, God rest his soul, can't cast him again. Uh, but yes, when you were casting Burgess Meredith, you just knew he was going to steal the movie. But that's what this could be, is Jack Lemmon versus Walter Matthau. Um, and really what it needs to be is these guys need to be battling it out either at the Open Championship or the U.S. Open or any one of the majors. They need to be the guys playing together on on the back nine, last day of a tournament, last pairing. That's what it needs, and it needs Absolutely. to start now. Absolutely. If golf is going to get something out of it. Because if not, it's just going to turn into a comedy of errors, which actually could be entertaining in itself. Um, where maybe these guys are screwing with each other's clubs or something like that, um, which I would love to see. Um, but because they don't like each other, and be, and here's the thing about golf. Okay, this is why golf is an old man's sport, and, and specifically an old white man's sport. It's a gentleman's game. I, I hate even hearing that. You know, when, when you're at the bar or the gym or wherever, oh, it's a gentleman's game. Screw that. Sports isn't supposed to be gentlemanly. It's competition. It's, it, if done right, it is fierce. Where if you lose, the taste in your mouth is so bitter, you focus on that until you come back, which may make boxing the best sport in the world because that's a lot, how a lot of those guys operate. But 
we need that. We need that with these guys. We need gamesmanship, them not being cordial on the golf course, some sort of conflict, because right now, only golf fans like golf. And, and unless you're into the sport, it doesn't matter. We need something to draw us in. These guys can do it. So I hope DeChambeau continues to screw with, with Kepka and, and vice versa. I hope that this that this just completely gets amplified. And every time they take the course, we're watching it almost in a way we um, like we watch reality television. We're looking right. for the train wreck between these yeah. two. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm all in for this being a long-standing individual rivalry. Um, these guys messing with each other. I do want to see these guys in the same group at some point, especially in a major tournament, where literally, like you could see the disgust on Brooks Kepka's face as Bryson walks by. Imagine like cameras on these guys for 18 holes having to play with each other, and the facial expressions you would get when you know, Bryson takes way too many practice swings before he decides to actually hit the ball or, uh, you know, one guy walks in the line of the other or, you know, just like I, I, it would be spectacular. You're not going to take your eyes off the television if these guys are playing 18 holes with each other, right? Right. For all and the, the, for all thing the is, little is it, things. Yes. And, and it's going to create fans. People are going to, or people are going to choose sides, even if they're not necessarily fans loyal fans of Kepka or loyal fans of DeChambeau, they are going to choose sides, even if it's just for that day. And what you might get is that atmosphere that, that, that only, for some reason, only happens at Beth Page Black, the, the, the black horse at Beth Page in New York, where people actually start haunting these golfers. I mean, it would be great. Now, of course, it'll never happen at Augusta because at Augusta, we can't have, uh, you know, we can't have the patrons acting like even. But outside of Augusta, you could get fans talking crap, talking smack to these golfers like you do at every other sport. And that, that is not only entertainment, but it's worth the price of admission. It's worth you maybe on a Sunday where you're going to watch NBA playoffs or you're going to watch Major League Baseball. You tune in to watch golf, even if you're not a fan, just because, hey, something's going to happen here. You know, <laughs> go off on the crowd at yes. any moment. I'm yes. in. I'm, I'm all in on that. As, lo- as long as the in. fandom doesn't interfere with guys hitting their shots, because there's nothing more infuriating than like waiting for somebody to hit their shot, but the people won't shut up long enough for the thing to yeah. continue because it's already a long event anyway. So, um, I'm all for speeding up the game as it is, but when when the fans being too loud and, and not settling down prevents a guy from taking the next shot, that's when I get annoyed. But, like, Sunday Sunday was awesome. Like, it was so great to see the fans chanting lefty and all that. But, again, like, when he was on the green, it was like, okay, everybody shut up so he can putt this ball. Um, you know, th- there's, like, a fine line for, for as far as that part of it for me, at least. I, I love fans being emotional and excited and passionate and all that good stuff. But then you have to know, like, when it's time to be quiet, shut up, let the guy hit his ball, and then you can get loud again. So uh, that's the that's the element for me where it's just very tricky. But I, I'm with you. I, I, I love this rivalry. I've always been a Brooks Kepka fan um, simply because he's a major guy, right? Like, I'm, I wouldn't call yeah. myself a golf fan. I would I would more call myself a major golf fan. Like, I watch the majors, but I, I rarely 
follow anything outside of the four major tournaments. And then, like, I'll pay attention to the Ryder Cup. Occasionally, like, on, what is it? It's around Mother's Day weekend, I think, the Players' Championship. Like, I'll, I'll catch some of that. Um, outside of that, like, I'm, I'm just not watching golf on a weekly basis. So, uh, the fact that, like, Brooks Kepka just kind of, like, shows up for these majors, has so much success, and then, like, doesn't really care as much about anything that's not a major, like, for me, like, I have an appreciation for that because the, it coincides with my golf fandom. Uh, so I've always been a Kepka guy, so I will be Team Kepka in this rivalry no matter what. But I do think it's interesting because Bryson DeChambeau is a guy that obviously is unorthodox. Uh, he's kind of an oddball, like, you know, the, the clubs all being the same length and the look and... He, he's just, he kind of sticks out, right? Like, he's different than everybody else. So right. It, it does create a nice, like, you know, one guy on each side of the line type of, of rivalry in itself. Well, and, and I think what, what also helps is, I don't know how much the average sports fan can identify with either one of these two guys. I mean, first of all, the name, Bryson DeChambeau. It, it, it sounds like you've been raised in country clubs, and right. when you you know you you drink your tea, the the, the peaky is is always up. Brooks, I mean, other than Thompson, who was a badass like when he was in college. Oh my god, that dude had the sweetest freaking shot. Other than Brooks, you know, Brooks, who names their kid Brooks? I mean that that's a that, that is a Highland Park Nickel Hills name Brooks Brooks and Bryson. I mean they sound like they're two guys that, that and Shawshank that Redemption. Private. Yes, um, you know they, they they went to um they went to private school. They they drove you know one drove a, a Beamer, the other one drove an Audi. Oh, they were used because mom and dad you know could, could you know mom and dad weren't going to give them new cars. They they were a year old. Um, but they were the, I mean, those two names, you know, like the average person can't, you know, they can't identify with either one yeah. of them. And I, and I don't know what their backgrounds are. They may be complete. I mean, uh, they may, they may have been, you know, Bryson DeChambeau may have been raised in the toughest part of Dallas for all I know. Um, but just to have something there would at least give the average sports fan something to cling on to because ultimately what we want is to be emotionally invested and be able to choose sides, which is why I will say this and wouldn't have said it 10 years ago. Wouldn't have said it really until I came back to Oklahoma city. The best sporting event I think maybe we've gotten this country um, as far as that goes, like, I, like, you know where I stand on the NFL draft. I think the NFL draft is our best sporting event for lots of reasons. But I think just for the raw elements, the NBA playoffs or the outside the draft is the best sporting event we have because one, it's you have all these seven game series. And if they're good series, even if you're not a Knicks fan or a Hawks fan, you're choosing sides. Like my wife and I were in, we were on opposite sides of that game the other night. She wanted the Hawks to win. I am so happy the Knicks are back that that it was fun, but it was it was good. Right, and you had Trey Young talking smack to the Garden crowd, which is great. Him coming into his own with the game winning shot, but it was the fact that our household chose sides, and that's what we want. We want to be emotionally invested in the event, and when you give us that, we're all in. 
And the NBA playoffs give us that every year where you just, you, you pick a guy one where I don't like this guy's personality or, you know, I like, I like this team over that team or, you know, Hey, I'm tired of Russell Westbrook, you know, scoring all these triple doubles. Um, you know, I, I'm going to go root for the 76ers. Well, I don't like Joel Embiid. He missed too many games. So I'm hoping the eight seed wins. I mean, you, you invent reasons to watch. Golf hasn't had that, but maybe these two guys give us that yeah. from now on. And yeah. that, God, that would be huge for that game. Yeah, the PGA I mean, ought to mandate that they, that they hate each other. If, 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 if somebody sees them shaking hands and being bros, somebody on the PGA should find both of them and tell them to get the hell away from each other because you're ruining a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like, it helps that both guys are pretty noticeable within the sport. Like, you know, if this were... I don't know. I'm going to throw a random name out like uh, Justin Thomas. And, uh, you know, like, I don't, I don't know that this has the same impact, but like, I think like both of these guys stand out in the crowd. And secondly, it's not like they're either one of them is a bum, right? Like Brooks Koepka has what? Five majors. Bryson DeChambeau won his first major last year. So these guys are both world class at the same time. So um, it has all the elements to be like the rivalry, as you said, that golf needs, because look, if these guys are on the course, even if you're not a golf fan, like, you know, there's a, there's a championship Sunday. You're like, Hey, I wonder who's, uh, I wonder who's winning. Like who's beating the other guy. Is it like, I don't care who's winning the tournament is Brooks beating Bryson or is Bryson beating Brooks right now? Yeah, that, 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 that's what I want. That's what I want right now. Because unless you got 50 year old Phil Nicholson winning championships, making it worth talking about, then there's, yeah. there, there, there's not a lot. There's not a lot going on in that in, in that sport right now. Yeah, it's not breaking through. Again, golf fans are going to watch no matter what, but it's not breaking into the mainstream uh, without something spectacular like that. So I'm with you. Um, real quick, I, I want to get to uh, another headline uh, in a second. Let me mention this as well. I thought it was funny this morning. ESPN on their on their homepage of their website, ESPN.com. One of the headlines literally says, Kepka Irol's Bryson curses in leaked video. Are we, are, is cursing now like a headline thing? I thought we had reached the point where cursing was so common that like, we don't even think twice about it. But apparently for ESPN, um, it's, it's now headline news to say a curse word. Well, after what Kenny Main uh, did last night, right. in the ultimate mic drop right. moment, in the ultimate walk-off moment, ESPN's doing a little CYA right now. Uh, we, we don't condone telling, you know, major athletes F you. Um, <laughs> we, don't, we don't condone that. No, it's, it's not. Who cares? Um, but, I, but I think it's, it's ESPN, you know, family-friendly entertainment. I, honestly, we may be in the only part of the country where cursing really still matters anymore. I mean, is that, I mean, is that, is that fair to say? Is it, is it the Bible belt where people still get upset about things they see on TV and words people say? I have the feeling that, you know, when you're on the coast, no one really cares about either one, either yeah. one of those things. I don't even, I don't know how much it still is impactful here. Um, I, I would say that, I mean, there are a lot of other words. I think there are a lot of words in, in today's society that have, you know, for, for obvious reasons, 
um, been, you know, canceled out of normal vocabulary. I think there are so many more words that you could say that are headline worthy than just the normal. I, I think normal curse words have kind of been replaced by using a lot of words that like over the last, you know, 15, 10 years have kind of, we, you know, we've obviously changed the way we speak in some ways. Yes. No, I, I, I would agree with that. I don't think, I don't think cursing is, I don't think cursing is, is that big a deal. And I think that for, for the most part, people just, I think people blow it off. I mean, just because yeah. you hear it so much in, in, in every, in everyday language, I'm kind of, to be honest, Colby, and I'm not saying this so, you know, for my own benefit, but I am kind of surprised that the idea of the 730 words and these huge fines for radio and television still exist. Because I think for the most part, I, I don't think people care. I think they hear it in so much everyday conversation that it goes in one ear out the other. Yeah. That it's, it's hard to be, it's hard to be shocking anymore. Yeah. It really is. Like I, like I am surprised when I see on social media that people, you know, just aghast at whatever they heard or saw. I'm so offended by this. I'm like, okay. Um, and maybe, maybe it's bad for me. I think I'm just, I feel like as a society, we're desensitized. Yeah. Agreed. But maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just you. I mean, maybe we're, yeah, we you know, we're, we're a handful of people that have just, you know, seen enough crap and done enough crap that it's like, okay, yeah, that's yeah. not really that big. I remember when the Janet Jackson thing happened. Oh, yes. Right. Okay. But, okay, instead of going into what the fallout was, I remember when it happened. And looking around the room at my wife and my friend's wife, and I don't remember if my friend was, was in the room at the time, but I was like, okay, so what? I mean, I was a regular watcher of The Sopranos. Like, every other episode, there were bare breasts. I was like, yeah. It's like, I'm like, what's the big deal? Right. And it didn't click. It did not click for a couple of minutes that, hey, wait, this is network at the Super Bowl. Right. Oh, is this really that? Oh, I guess it is that big a deal. Okay. <laughs> well, even like you mentioned the seven dirty words. I, I think that the majority of those still get a little bit of a reaction. Like if you hear, like, I, I think just the average person like hears that unexpectedly and it, it probably takes them back a little bit. I would, I would argue though that the word shit I hear every day from all sorts of people like my grandmother, who's one of the nicest human beings on planet earth. I've never like seen or heard her do anything bad. will like say shit like randomly, you know, she'll drop something and just say, Oh shit. Like, it's just, I, I, I don't know. Like that's one of those words that I feel like maybe among the other seven words uh, has been so desensitized that nobody gives a shit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Does F matter anymore? I think, like, I think it's still, like I think it still holds more weight than, than shit, for example, but. I don't I but not as, not as much I mean, as it used to. I mean, that used to be the word that if, like, you heard that, it was just, like, everything around you stopped, right? Right. So and now it's like... Oh, it doesn't stop, okay, but I whatever. think it still is jarring for people. I would... I, I would agree. I would agree with that. Um, 
I, I would agree with that to an extent. Um, that that it is it, it's jarring to people if it's if it's not part of your vocabulary every day or it's not part of the people that work that you're around every day. It's jarring. Yeah. Um, or or sometimes it can be funny based on who it's coming from. Like it, like if it's somebody you don't expect, then then it then it's kind of then it's kind of funny. Right. I agree with that. Like oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's interesting, but, uh, like I, I, this isn't a, like, I have no problem cursing on this podcast. Um, we, we have no rules as far as that goes. Um, but like, it's not one of those things that I'm like actively trying to put into my vocabulary. So like, I, 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 I just, you know, talk normal. And if one comes out, then it comes out. And, uh, you know, for the most part, like I know there are people because I do this, there are people that have their kids in their car and they're, you know, playing the podcast and I don't want it to be laced with F-bombs. If one comes out, like, so be it. But, I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and just like go off F, 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 F. Because, um, you know, again, I listen to podcasts in my car and I've got little man in the back seat. And sometimes like, you know, you get on one, like a, listening to Joe Rogan and then like there's like a string of them and... <laughs> Obviously, like I've talked to, I've talked to him about like that word and that you can't say it and all that, but like, you know, it's just like one of those exposure type things. Like, it's like, okay, like it maybe, uh, I, I, you know, coming to that realization, it's like, I'm not going to censor myself, but I'm also not going to like actively just throw it out there, you know, for the sake of doing it. No, and it shouldn't. I mean, it's gotta be well-timed. There is a place for it. And, and, and hey, the, the, the truth of the matter is, is nobody does it better than than Howard Stern. Um, you know, when when he was on satellite, when he moved from satellite or moved to satellite from terrestrial radio, people thought that that's all the show was going to be. And there are segments of the show where, yes, they get very vulgar, very you know, very descriptive about certain things and. It gets dirty, but for the most part with him, especially when he uses the F word, yeah, it's very well placed. It's not all the time. Like, you are not going to turn on the Howard Stern show and hear a monologue just filled with the F word. I mean, it is, it is there to serve a purpose more than it is just to be something that he can get away with right? at, at this point. Um, and it's, it's almost what I call the Guns and Roses theory. It's the first, I remember the first time I heard Appetite for Destruction and heard it so easy. The first time I'd heard that used, that word used in a song where I thought, okay, that's a little different. Like, I'm not offended by it. It's kind of shocking, <laughs> but it makes sense. It didn't yeah. feel like it was, it was simply for effect. It felt like there was a true emotion there. Why don't you just, blank off yeah and it's like okay that actually works it's not like listening to two live crew where i mean the whole point was to shock or watch the, yeah, the whole point right. was to shock you there was no shot i mean it was like it was shocking you kind of caught your ear but you're like okay we get where we get where that dude's coming from makes total sense yeah so and to that point, uh, let's let's finish on this note. Uh, last night, Kenny Mayne signed off of ESPN. It's kind of the the last piece of a Sports Center, Eric. That uh, 
I think you and I will always cherish, but is now definitely um, gone. And uh, Kenny Mayne is is fantastic. Uh, I actually had him on uh, like a year ago. Awesome dude, just such a great oh, guy. Oh wow, really? Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm sad to see Kenny Mayne go, but the final the sign off with Aaron Rodgers is spectacular. I mean, how great was Kenny Mayne and Aaron Rodgers closing Sports Center? That was. When you talk about ultimate mic drop moments, like lasting moments in the history of someone's career, very few people have this. The Beatles had it with Abbey Road. Kenny Mayne has it with, with this. Because when you think of Kenny Mayne, you're always going to think of that dry sense of humor that he had, his, his delivery. Something that you didn't maybe realize was funny at the time, but was truly hilarious. I mean, there, there is a comedic genius to, to Kenny Mayne. If you can find it, he did these great little vignettes yeah. uh, for a while yeah. in like, in like the mid two thousands that were freaking hilarious great. on ESPN, but you had to have that sense of humor. And for him to, to do it with Aaron Rodgers, especially at this time where, where Aaron Rodgers is in the, you know, in, in the midst of, uh, of an argument with, um, <laughs> with his, in, in an argument with, with the Green Bay Packers, and for him to say just "f you, Aaron Rodgers," I man, it it couldn't have been it couldn't have been more perfect. It could not have been more perfect than, than that. That was that was awesome. That 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 made that, that that's one of the great. That's one of the greatest moments. I don't know if it's the greatest moment in in, in uh, Sports Center history. I don't know, bulging dick, um, <laughs> certainly up there. But that's it. That was good. Yeah, he. I God. thought you know, Sports Center obviously, especially in the '90s, um, the commercials were fantastic. And I always thought that Kenny Mayne was at the very top of you know being spectacular in those comedic commercials for Sports Center. Yes. Him, um, Charlie Steiner's "Follow Me to Freedom." That's my favorite. All time. Um, yeah, th- that'll go down. One I really like is uh, there was one they did. The, the, it was the uh, it was the Sports Center soap opera where the Marlin walks in on on his wife cheating with one of the Sports Center anchors, and he's just got that head, and there's like oh, this constant so shock on his face. Yeah. Uh, the subtle one um, with uh, the with the New Jersey Devil mascot is really good. Um, Kenny May or not Kenny May, but Steve Levy talking to Mister Met. Yeah, um, and it was the, it was the same one with with um, Evander Holyfield looking for Charlie Steiner, but Kenny May or uh, Steve Levy talking to uh, Mister Met saying, "Oh, he was going on and on, all sorts of dirty stuff about he and Mrs. Met." <laughs> so, yes. Oh, so good. good. Yeah. Yahtzee. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Kenny Mayne will be missed. Absolutely. Wherever he lands, though, he will have a big following. No doubt. All right, man. Uh, always appreciate it. Eric, have a great vacation. Enjoy your time off. I will not text you. I will not tweet you. Um, just, uh, Just enjoy the beach, my friend. 
I will, and I will talk to you uh, two weeks from today. Thank you very much. Sounds good, buddy. Thank you to Eric G. from the Tulsa Sports Animal for joining me on today's episode of the Colby Daniels Podcast. Presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, Kratom, CBD, Delta 8, whatever it is you're looking for. Uh, They have something for pain, anxiety, or just opioid alternatives at Artisan Botanicals. And we're saving you 15% when you order online. abotanicalcompany.com, discount code COLBYSHOW for 15% off. Once again, that website is abotanicalcompany.com, Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Everybody have a great day, stay safe, and I will see you tomorrow. Podcast is over.